Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. This is the show for you, investors. Money and me. The trio of local banks have all reported significant losses in their first quarter earnings. To what extent are the banks still moving in tandem? We'll take a closer look at that. Singapore Airlines is expected to report its first loss this year in its history. It'll announce full results for the year this Thursday. Investors may not be entirely clear on their options when it comes to the rights, shares and MCB issue. We answer some common questions there. And we've all turned home chefs. So which supermarket chain has reported 50% profit in Q1 of 2020? We'll take a closer look at the fundamentals of uh, Clue, the third largest chain in Singapore. It's also the supermarket that'll have its own TV show. Its first broadcast, though, has been postponed to the 6th of June. We're joined by Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital, for his insights to questions investors, burning questions of investors. Welcome to the show, Terence. How are you? Hey, Michelle. I am good. Uh, like I spoke earlier on, this is going to be an action-packed week, a uh, very, very exciting week, uh, end of the first quarter reporting. All right. So we've got a lot to get through. Let's first start with um, what's really popular with a lot of investors. All three local banks have reported earnings. OCBC's first quarter profit sank 43% on lower insurance contributions and a surge in provisions. DBS Group Holdings posted its first quarterly profit decline since 2017. Net income fell 29% to $1.17 billion in the three months ended March 31st. UOB posted a 19% fall in Q1 net profit. So how are the banks doing? And at these prices, would you buy shares in the banks? Oh, yeah, I'm mean, sure you're right. Um, the big three just reported their first Q results. Uh, it was uh, bad, and I think that it will definitely get worse in the second quarter. You mentioned some numbers regarding DBS, UOB, OCBC was the worst, of course. The pits at 43% uh, decline. Uh, what is Perhaps of concern, uh, I think in the coming uh, first quarter uh, or the first the first half of this year, uh, as indicated by the management of the three banks, is that the credit costs uh, will actually increase going forward. And uh, that we are talking about anywhere between 80 bips to 130 bips. And that's, I think, the basically what uh, the management has been saying. And the split between this credit cost across the two years uh, remains uncertain as it will depend on the speed of the economic recovery, uh, when it will come, and how fast, how furious will the, the recovery be. Um, another concern that I think the banks will face will be the net interest margins. Uh, there's going to be, definitely going to be pressure because uh, interest rates uh, at the current moment will still say that there's no cuts. But mm. then, you know, if in the coming quarters things do get bad, and, you know, it's beyond the expectations. I, I believe that there will be some cutbacks in dividends and that will uh, that will actually encourage investors to take a second look at these investments and whether they should continue to invest in it at such lofty levels. Okay, speaking of investor choices, Singapore Airlines expects to report a small operating profit but net loss for the full year ending March 31st, owing mainly to fuel hedging losses. This will be the national carrier's first loss-making year in its history. The group also expects operating cash flows to remain negative, of course, during the ongoing quarter, since there are no definitive signs of the outbreak abating. SIA raised $8.8 billion by issuing rights and 
and another 3.5 billion via a 10-year MCB a mandatory convertible bond issue on the basis of 295 rights for MCBs for every 100 existing shares owned. So price at a dollar each, the bonds come with zero coupon, which means if SIA does not redeem the 10-year MCBs before maturity, they will be converted into shares based on a conversion price of 484, I understand. Now, since both the right shares and the rights MCBs may have a dilutive impact on the stock price, Terence, what factors do investors need to keep in mind when deciding on exercising or trading their rights? Michelle, even I'm confused, you know, with so many <laughs> figures out there, like you mentioned everything. It took me a while to really uh, decipher it. So I don't blame uh, men on the street, you know, when they look at these numbers, they go, why rights? What, what's this rights things about? What's this rights MCBs? What am I supposed to do with it? Right? Uh, I, I've covered uh, SIA uh, when I first entered the industry. That was like 20 years ago, uh, many, many years back. And I looked at uh, and the investment in, in S, S, SIA. There are a few periods of time where it's been particularly challenging. You know, there's 911, there's the global financial crisis. Of course, to date, before this this virus, 911 was the, that had the biggest, most damaging impact. But even then, uh, the current virus makes a 911 seem like a walk in the park. Mm-hmm. Uh, capacity cuts we are talking about for SQ, uh, we are talking about uh, in the region of 96%, and that runs to June. A lot of uh, previously it was supposed to be May and it's like pushed back to June. There's going to be big uh, losses when it comes to hedging positions. And, and I think the worst thing is uh, there's uncertainty about when uh, there will be a recovery in this sector. And what? And if there's a recovery, is there going to be a new normal? And what, did, what, what is this new normal going to look like? So all these uh, fundamentals, I, I believe investors have to first grapple with and then uh, they have to think about and think very quickly about what they want to do uh, with the upcoming rights because it's going to be listed, uh, I believe, sometime this week. Is it 13th to 21st? Yes. But anyway, the, the dates, uh, investors will have to... Go to, to the SGX to uh, announcement stage, yeah. 21st. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they do have, they do have uh, the right to sell uh, these rights or the MCB and the open market. Uh, like I said, there are a few options that they are open to. If investors don't want to be... Uh, massively diluted, they have to do something about it. Uh, then you may need to fork out the money uh, by, I believe, another date is the 28th of May, which you have to watch out for. You have to fork out your money to actually uh, take the rights and take the, the MCB. That will actually lower your cost uh, significantly because many of the investors, I believe, they bought at 8 9 $10, right? Uh, what are you going to do with it? Because of these uh, rights and MCB, if you take it, that will lower your effective cost. You will not be in the money right now as yet, but then uh, it will lower your cost. Uh, but if you think that you don't have the firepower, the ammunition to actually go in to uh, take on uh, what is uh, given to you, the, the rights or the, the MCB, then you you probably want to sell it in the market in these few, the, the 13th of May to the 21st of May. Uh, that again will lower your cost, but then it will not take into account the full uh, dilution. You will still be hit. But uh, the, the worst option that you have right now is to do nothing about it, you know, to just go, uh-huh, you know, uh, uh, if I don't do anything about it, sit it through, sit on my hands, uh, that you'll be massively diluted, and yet you don't get anything back. So, uh, like I said, the first option will be uh, you may, if you think that, you know, there's still hope mm. in the airline, and, and given that, you know, the the government has like stood is standing behind the, the airline. 
uh, 100%. Uh, then if you think that there is still uh, that the fundamentals will allow it to improve over time, then you will want you want to come out with the money to take on the rights and MCB. All right. Thank you very much. That does help clear things up a little bit for us. Okay, let's turn to... And I want to ask, is it any harder for you to do your job, Terence? Uh, is the data still out there for you to analyze companies? We know that so many AGMs, they've been given extensions, right? So there's some delay there in information. Uh, as a shareholder, does this affect your ability to choose or analyze companies? I'm just curious. Well, I, I, I don't really go... I mean... I, AGMs are not exactly that important to me because mm. uh, they are after the fact. You know, like the results are out, uh, then, you know, you get to meet the management and then you ask them a few questions. But because uh, as a professional investor, I do have access to uh, the management of these listed companies. Mm. You know, they are call and email away. But the best way to really, really uh, understand a company and to uh garner more uh like the important facts would be to you know like go for coffee sessions with them mm. to meet them face to face um and not only the companies themselves that are invested in I also like meet up with the management of the suppliers the customers so it involves a lot of meeting a lot of face to face uh current current crisis i i think that it is uh infinitely difficult to do copy over you know zoom <laughs> Uh, people try, but I, I think that uh, it's not almost as effective as really meeting them uh, and getting first-hand information. That's fascinating. You know, we had a guest recently talking about how for insurance, for example, most sign-ups are made at the local coffee shop, as you say, over coffee, you know, um, that personal touch. People not meeting for the next month and will be meeting less for the foreseeable future. We know OCBC's net profit is down 43%, in part due to non-operating losses of its insurance unit. So broadly... Do you have an opinion on the insurance industry moving forward? Oh, this is very, very broad uh, because uh, I, I don't look at in, uh, insurance okay. and uh, Great Eastern is because, uh, you know, it's related to OCBC. Mm-hmm. Um, for OCBC, I, I think that uh, that's it. I mean, I'll just go back to OCBC since you mentioned it. I think the revenue will be uh, more exposed to market volatility than the other two banks because, you know, of uh, of Great Eastern. And for the insurance business uh, in Great Eastern, uh, I think, uh, and not only Great Eastern, but generally uh, new business volume uh, should slow down, you know, amid this uh, weakened demand and lower face-to-face interactions, as you mentioned uh, earlier on. Uh, and if we look at the bank assurance side, uh, where they sell uh, insurance at the bank level, uh, there w- there will also be a slump in the footfalls, uh, uh, in footfalls to banks. And therefore, uh, I think uh, the numbers will come off. Uh, and if this market volatility does persist, uh, then the mark-to-market valuations—you know, you know what the insurance do, uh, insurers do, right? They they take your money and they start to invest. Mm. And all these mark-to-market valuations of the insurance uh, assets liabilities will, will continue to fluctuate and affect the non-operating profits. Right. Okay, let's turn to the fact that most of us—I don't know about you—but most of us have turned chefs with more cooking at home. Have you been doing that? <laughs> Not me, but my wife definitely. <laughs> Lucky you, uh, you're fed. I, I couldn't fry an egg. <laughs> okay, so the only shopping that you can do these days seems to be at the grocery store for essentials, of course. Uh, so when it comes to groceries, Sheng Siong Supermarket reported 50% profit for its first quarter 20 results. They're also increasing their number of stores. So people want to understand the valuation of Sheng Siong. I understand last traded at $1.57, up 1.95%. Help us out with Sheng Siong. 
Well, Xingqiu currently, uh, since we're on the topic of valuations, I'll just jump straight to it. Uh, it's trading about 25, 26 times uh, earnings. Uh, it is high. Uh, and that's because uh, I, I think that invest, the investor dollar don't have very many places to go to, just like you know the man on the street. You don't When you go out, there's really no place to go. Like you said, uh, practically every man, wife, and their dogs are now <laughs> master chefs, right? Uh, uh, then uh, they'll go out and they'll buy just about everything. You check out the bakery section. I mean, like, normally it's like packed full and I see like nothing, no no normal flour. You know, people are grabbing all those tapioca flour to make yeah. a bubble tea, right? Mm. Right right after it was banned. So, so everything leads to the supermarket because you don't have very many choices. Uh, but as the industry or, or as our economy starts to open up, uh, investors have to think uh, if if people are going out there and there's, there are uh, ready choices, um, the, the TCM shops are going to be open, you know, uh, we can actually go out there and uh, go to the restaurants after a while. Uh, so I, I think that the, the crowds will actually thin out. And if the crowds were to thin out, uh, I, th- I think the revenue jump or the revenue growth will be a lot less significant than what we have uh, been experiencing over the past uh, one, two, three months, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then I feel that while Xingqiong's uh, valuation still justifies above the normal of like 20, 21 times, but uh, how much more than that? Uh, so I, I believe that investors have to be a little bit more cautious when it comes to investing in, you know, uh, grocery stores like, like Xingqiong. All right. Another popular area for investors, of course, is Singapore REITs. What is your reading on how S-REITs have dealt with the pandemic so far? And I think people are always looking ahead, you know, post-pandemic, when there is a vaccine. We don't know how long that'll take, but when there is a vaccine, people are going to head back to those uh, retail shops. And so the REITs with retail exposures, people are hoping will do, will come back. So, in terms of where we are now, which REITs have done well in your book? And how can investors learn to spot REITs that may still do well? Okay, um, I, I think across the board, uh, the REITs have been uh, hit pretty hard uh, in March. Uh, in April, there was some recovery, but it's still, it's still uh, quite a fair bit away from its highs. Um, and of, the, the ones that have done the best would be the healthcare REITs uh, as well as the logistic one as well as the logistic guys uh logistics actually fell less than its peers uh, the ones that were hit the hardest obviously will be the front those guys on the front lines uh, we have hospitality the hotel guys we have retail you know and to a smaller extent uh the office people because nobody's in office right now mm-hmm. um but uh i think when it comes to a recovery uh, I believe that you know we can go for a bit more. Con- we can be a bit more contrarian, uh, and I, my my bet is that the hospitality sector will do the best. Uh, you probably don't want to invest in it now because there's no catalyst. But uh, as a sector, hospitality sector, um, uh, they they slumped like thirty to forty percent since the start of this year, and they're not trading at, tra- trading at an average of 0.6 times uh, price to book, which is, I believe, the lowest amongst the subsectors uh, in the REIT space. Um, and uh, if you were to catch it at the inflection point, like I said, there's no catalyst right now, but then should the market start to open, and it will not roar back immediately to you know the high point. But as we go towards there, um, I, I believe that uh, investors will start to take notice of the hospitality uh, sector, just like they did, uh, I believe, back in 2009, 2010, 
when the economy started to improve and the global economy started to improve, uh, the first to feel the impact will be the likes of CDR Hospitality Trust. Mm. He's Terence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital. We started the show off with you saying this is a busy week for you. What are you looking out for and where are some stocks on your watch list? Well, busy week. Uh, I think both professionally and uh, personally. Uh, professionally, obviously, like there's going to be a host of uh, results, uh, whether in the big cap space, uh, there's the SIA uh, list- listing, and then there's going to be numerous. There's going to be numerous uh, small uh, mid caps that will be showing the results. So, so I'm going to like keep a very very close eye on it. I'm going to like look out for, you know, at the management level, what are they saying. I, I believe that most of them will be very very clueless. I'll tell you that, ah, yes. the, you know, uh, companies like AEM, which is very, they are very clear about uh, the direction. And I'm not, I'm not promoting AEM, but mm-hmm. then uh, since it has gone up like 70% since uh, March, right? But then uh, very few companies will be like them, that they are very clear about their revenue direction, uh, that this year is still going to be okay. Most will probably tell you that, you know, it, it's totally dark out there. I don't know when the recovery will come, so uh, please uh, be cautious. Right, most of them will tell you that. Uh, but I will look out for to see whether there are any companies that, uh, or the management will tell you how they are going to uh, look beyond this crisis, or how they're going to like work with uh, their constituents to to actually manage the crisis. I think that, that that's very important. Uh, and I did mention uh, personally because uh, uh, for this week I'm very very much looking forward to a haircut. <laughs> so it's tomorrow, right? Yeah. So. Pack week for me, watching the market and getting my hair cut. You've been resisting the home haircut, I see, huh? I know, I was so, I was so tempted to shave my own hair. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a great look that'll be a great look hey listen I, I watched a terrific uh, presentation of yours and I think you touched on second wave of infections just very broadly do you think the worst is behind us and if there is a second wave of infections what does this mean for markets well I, I, I think the markets have been uh, way too optimistic uh, particularly in the states I mean like they have not even like they're not even done with the first wave mm. uh, if you look at numbers it seems like it has flatlined or it has like come off the curve but then if you were to take uh, important component the New York State out of the whole equation uh, well actually I think things are still uh, pretty bad over in the states uh, the, the, the number of cases are still mounting there's still a lot of uh, people that are sick out there uh, and I'm also worried about like within Southeast Asia you know while people go wow Singapore you, yours is the worst the pits within Southeast Asia but I, I say because we've done the most number of tests absolutely right yep. versus our neighbours many of them you know if you look at the tests per a million uh, population uh, they, are, they are way way lower than what we have so uh, it can come back if we were to open our doors so we have to be very very vigilant and if it does come back the second wave I, I think the investors will not or the investment community will not be as almost as forgiving because right now we are thinking I, I think uh, it's wrong to think like that but then they're thinking oh it's going to be a V-shaped recovery it's mm. going to be very strong right but where is that coming uh, from? As we, yeah, I don't know. I mean, as we work our way through, it looks more like it's going to be a protracted U-shaped recovery. Right. So, uh, and, and we are getting happy too soon. So this big jump in numbers or the big jump in the, the stock indices are not warranted. And if a second wave were to come, I think, like I said, it will be more damaging. And we may even revisit the lows that we've seen uh, on the 23rd of March. Great insights there. Enjoy your haircut. Terence Wong. Uh, I will. I will. So looking forward to tomorrow. Can it come earlier?
<laughs> Terrence Wong, CEO of Azure Capital in Money and Me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.